Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Now, on to today's show. Good morning and welcome to this week's topic. Today I'm here with my partner Declan and my name is Elsa Kepi and we're going to talk about gender equality. And before you get all, oh, we've heard all this before and we've heard it's such a big topic in the press. I think what we're going to talk about today will open your mind to some other aspects of gender equality um, uh, that we're going to get into a little bit because there's been a lot of um, press release and news in the media about women needing to take more of a stand in the world of being able to speak out and have a voice. And this is all wonderful and really needs to happen. But today I'd really like to look at some overlooked aspects of gender equality and things that we may not uh, automatically think about. One of which is, I just wanted to share a little bit about, I have four daughters who are late teens, early 20s. And, you know, uh, one of them was in university. She was like second year university. And and she was talking to her sisters about uh, another girl that had gone to, you know, been texting, erotically texting this guy and had been all excited and, and gone over, arranged to meet him and expecting to have some kind of intimate encounter with this guy. And when she got there, you know, he found that he was not able to have an erection or to be, uh, you know, have sex in that way. And she had made fun of him or talked about him to her friends. And so this story had gone around the university. And it kind of struck me that, you know, as much as we um, really need to focus on giving people the power of consent and allowing girls to say yes or no to sex when they need to, um, we also need to... Uh, empower boys and other genders even to have a say in what they want and to you know not be shamed for you know not being able to perform or something that you know do what's expected and maybe they want to change their minds at the last minute too so this is kind of the the angle that I wanted to talk about today and um, you know uh, having, uh, we're, Declan and I are the typical male, female gender, and, you know, we don't have a ton of experience with other genders, but we're going to, uh, talk about at least this, what we have experienced, and maybe we can extrapolate or hear from you, the listeners, about some other, um, experiences that might be needing to be talked about also. So, you know, what do you think, Declan, about just the idea that, um, you know, men may be getting uh, some in unequal treatment as far as what they can and can't do around sex or around consent at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's the the whole. You know, it's generally thought that young men are like pretty able and ready at, at, a, at a at a drop of a hat. You know, to get an erection when the wind blows the other direction kind of idea. So they they get aroused, you know, quite easily, you know, historically. But 
it's you know obviously in reality it's not always the case and, and I think in this particular instance that you described there's potentially um, you know uh, some sort of idea of a contract that's been entered into without you know full disclosure full agreement on both sides and I feel like that that might be a, a big part of of what's happening in that particular instance you know can you uh, explain a little bit about what you mean by a contract that's been entered into without full disclosure? Because I'm sure our listeners are kind of wondering, like, what contracts are we making with people? Yeah, it's the idea of, of, of kind of an unspoken agreement, especially when you're communicating this way via text. You know, there's the words that are, that are being uh, um, uh, communicated via this little screen back and forth. You're not hearing a voice, you're not hearing the inflection of the voice, and there's all these words, but there's also the idea of what these words mean to the person they're coming from, and what, how these words are received by the person that's receiving them, and it's this, this, this uh, fairly new phenomenon, I mean, it, it, I didn't grow up with this in my teens, so it's, it's a different way of communicating, so it often comes down to a breakdown in communication, so if they, they arrange to, to meet, in this particular instance, they arrange to meet. So yes, that's an agreement. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a contract, but you know, a contract is an agreement. So you know, kind of using the term loosely in this case, but you know, this agreement was made to meet. And there's, so it seems like there's expectations on either side and somehow uh, maybe they didn't, they weren't the same. Oh, of course, it definitely sounds like they're not the same. And I think coming from, a, a, you know, my perspective, it's like often we, we as women expect that men are, you know, sex hungry beasts that are wanting sex all the time. And I don't know if we, if it's often considered that, you know, the man might want to say no. And I think in this case, for some reason, you know, whatever this, this particular boy wasn't, fully 100% in in agreement with this contract and you know he was his body was saying no for him and I think it's obvious as a man you know you're either erect or you're not and it's pretty obvious to everyone for women it's a bit more difficult you know they they don't have an obvious on off button what or whatever but I feel like in some ways as women we we have made assumptions that you know, of course, we're the ones that have to say yes or no. And in some ways, we're falling into the whole patriarchal structure when we do that, that, you know, it's our responsibility to decide whether an intimate encounter happens or not. What do you think about that coming from your perspective? Yeah, you know, it often, you know, comes down to, to a breakdown in communication. And the reason why I use that word contract earlier uh, was because like yeah there's these agreements and I know in my um, exploration you know as a teenager and young adult in my early 20s you know I, I found myself in a few different uh, situations where I was like oh uh, like I'm recognizing the no in my body mm-hmm. but yet I said but my, my verbal um, communication was kind of a yes or or the nonverbal communication was kind of a yes because I kind of like was going through the paces and engaging with a particular individual 
uh, kind of against my own body's wishes. Mm -hmm. So it created this discord. And uh, in, in, of course, I was exploring, so I wasn't 100% sure. But looking back on it, I'm like, yes, clearly my body was saying no. Mm-hmm. But I didn't recognize that as a young man. And I think that if, the, if we can approach this uh, in the coming of age years, in the early teens or puberty, you know, in puberty, as an educational piece, and, you know, that, that this might help the younger generation recognize those and honor those those messages that our bodies are giving us yeah no matter what gender you are really and we need to allow boys to have the opportunity to listen to their bodies and not just be expected to perform on a (laughs) whenever you know the girls want that want that and then the girl can say no whatever but what about in this case where the boy didn't want to when it came down to it and then you know was the laughing stock of you know, uh, a particular community there. So, you know, I feel that we, when I was saying gender equality, I think we need to really take into account that, you know, what's, what's needs to be, uh, acknowledged for women, perhaps for other minority groups or other gender groups that are starting to emerge these days, uh, as obvious groups, they've probably always been there, but, you know, to start recognizing that, everybody is has autonomy and we need to respect mm-hmm. the yes and no from everyone and also i feel like e- e- equality is a, you know a curious word what exactly does that mean does it mean you know if we're talking on a balance beam it would it would you know does that mean you know if it's equal that means that the mass is the same or the weight of it is the same but i mean you know we're all individuals so you know what exactly does equality mean? Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that, and the languaging of things. You know, we need to decide as a group, a small group or a large group or a culture or a continent or a country or whatever it is. Like, we need to decide on. You know, terminology and what exactly, and agree on a meaning of of a, of a phrase or a word or something. So yes, what is it? What is equality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, equality for women has been, um, you know, like I said, very much in the media. And I think as a woman, I'm starting to feel empowered to, you know, fight for my rights, if you will, as a woman to, you know, have autonomy over my own body to decide when and where and with whom I would like to engage in sexual relations. And, you know, I'm feeling much more empowered to do that. And there's lots, I mean, although it's still... Uh, it's still maybe unequal on some terms, you know, there's, there's a growing tide of Mm -hmm. support for this. And I'm wondering if, you know, I'm a a little concerned about the fact that sometimes this swelling tide will switch things the other way. And then, and then we will override other genders, you know, men, other gender groups, as far as, not really acknowledging that they also deserve a similar feeling of autonomy and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I almost prefer gender uh, rather than equality, gender, you know, individualism. Because, <laughs> mm. you know, we are, yes, we need to, if we, we want to get somewhere, generally it's nice to have support or, or, or a companion or whatever. we got to go somewhere, you know, whether that be, you know, an actual physical journey when you're moving from one place to another 
or, or just a, a shift in, in a mind state or something. But it's like, you know, in the workforce, like, yeah, if there's a job for an engineer and somebody has the skills and the training to do the job, it shouldn't matter what gender they are. This is how much money they're getting paid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whatever gender they are. That's fine. And, you know, if, if, if somebody who doesn't have the, the physical skills to do a job that requires physical skills, then should they get paid the same money for that if they have part of the skills, but not all of the skills or something. So it's, yeah, it's not an easy, easy subject because yeah, you know, what if the job requires heavy lifting, but it also requires minute, you know, motor skills. And one person has the minute motor skills and one person has, is better at the physical heavy lifting, you know, so mm -hmm. is that equal? Well, no, because we each have different skill sets, right? So it's, Sorry. Yeah, I think the problem comes, I liked your idea of the gender individualism because we really are looking at what are our cultural uh, expectations of ourselves and other people when we look at what we assume to be their gender and what assumptions do we make on that basis, you know, so I look at you as a man, therefore I assume that, you know, X, Y, and Z is true about you. And I think we're coming to a part, a, a stage in our culture anyway, where those assumptions don't always hold true. And, you know, your particular uh, idea of, you know, what job requires what type of skills, you know, in many ways, yeah, there's some women that are way stronger than men or there's other, you know, that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even within that, you know, there's there's assumptions we make like, oh, mm -hmm. we need to have a guy do this job. But, you know, there's many guys that that are not physically as capable as uh, other genders mm -hmm. and as far as like you know uh the the, the visual thing about g different genders it's like yes it's oftentimes i'd be out and about or whatever or i discover something about somebody later that well this person to me looks like a like a, what i would describe as a man but well actually this person's transgender so uh I made a mistake. I didn't know this person was transgender. I called this person a man, or I used a pronoun uh, to, to describe this person that, that wasn't accurate, but I didn't know. So is that a, is that a mistake? Well, it's it's not a mistake in my eyes because that's that was my experience and history and education and learning. As you know, this to me looks like what I've learned is is a man. And I've described this person in that way, but I was wrong. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I think we're in a time of flux and we can't, you know, as much as we're trying to look at all of our assumptions and look, you know, again, at, at gender individualism, like not even looking at gender, who is this person, who is this person, to become completely immersed in a culture that looks at each person without those preconceived gender notions will require probably more uh, you know, more years of work and education. Um, and, per, you know, uh, perhaps we can start swinging that way. I think that it ties in with our work in sexuality because as we're talking about in the workforce or in the world, these gender uh, stereotypes, um, you know, lead to, you know, 
pigeonholing people in a particular box and i think we're we're heading towards an era where people would like to be known for who they are and gender not being an issue and you know in the bedroom as much as in the workplace coming to another person's body with that without that like we be, talked about at the beginning that agreement that somehow a penis is going to go into a vagina and that's what's going to happen what if we uh, approached each other in a sexuality context of two bodies coming together and getting to know each other and it you know at that point anything is possible I can see that's actually rendered you speechless so we'll say that that's <laughs> that that's something to consider and uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, you as the listeners out there would have some uh, views on this as well you know just to kind of look at what preconceived expectations do you take into the bedroom or do you take into your relationships uh, you know intimate or otherwise and how are you uh, you know what Declan was saying about having communication breakdowns. Are you expecting a particular outcome um, without having ever expressed it um, explicitly? And I think that communication and this idea of openness and exploration, curiosity about each other as human beings um, is something that I, for one, would like to see a lot more of happening in the world. do you have any kind of last comments on what you'd like to see moving forward in relationships? I would like to see the communication piece, you know, be um, uh, more emphasized. The, the, the preparation. Preparation for approaching the body. Mm-hmm. The touch. And, you know, the, the inner work of, of looking inward. And you know, touching your own body, in a way, you know, finding finding self pleasure, uh, not not only erotically, but but like I said, the inner work, the 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 mind's eye, the inner vision, so to speak, is like figuring out what what it is that you might like in the way of touch, you know, in a in a mental, you know, spiritual way before the touch even begins. Mm-hmm. So know yourself, know the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably a, a, a often a, a helpful place to start in relationship, um, knowing yourself, communicating what you want and don't want with another person, mm-hmm. looking at our assumptions of that other person and what we see and perhaps assume is their gender and how that would make the re- the interaction go, what direction, you know, perhaps if we look at each other as autonomous, non-gendered beings, how would that change our ability to, uh, you know, engage in any type of relationships with each other, you know, might change things quite a lot. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where this goes. And uh, I encourage any listeners out there to uh, shoot us a comment, an email. Um, you can get in touch with us on pleasureforhealth.com. But we look forward to uh, talking with you about more issues to do with relationship, uh, communication, consent, sexuality, uh, all of these big topics on another week. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. 
Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Ailsa Kepi, and you can find out more or contact me on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. I look forward to sharing another episode with you again very soon. Wishing you a pleasure-filled day.